0: I'm Tom Holliday. I want to welcome you to this series of video studies that go along with the book, putting it together again after it's all fallen apart. If you have the book, you probably noticed at the back of the book, there are seven studies that go along with the seven chapters. And these are the videos that go along with those studies. This is week one of those. If you don't have the book yet, then I encourage you to go out and get the book because uh, these are based on your reading the chapter of the book and then discussing it together with somebody else uh, during the week. And if you don't have a group yet, if you're watching this all by yourself, I encourage you to go out and get a group. Of course you could watch it by yourself, and hopefully God will give you some encouragement. But the greatest encouragement comes when you're studying this with other people. So if it's just one other person, even, in your family, at your work, at your school, in your neighborhood, just grab one other person in your church and walk through this together and let God encourage you together through this. So this is week one. We're gonna talk together in this week about how you and I can be encouraged to be Rebuilders. In the book, we're looking at Nehemiah as the example of a rebuilder and walking through the book of Nehemiah. What I wanna do in these seven weeks is actually take a look at some other places in the Bible where you see people who are rebuilders or principles about rebuilding, because there's principles all through the Bible about rebuilding. And these studies give us a chance to look at some of those the other great book in the Old Testament about rebuilding if you look at a whole book is really the book of Ezra. In the book of Ezra we're told about Zerubbabel rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem which happened about a hundred years or so before Nehemiah goes to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So you get some of the same principles of rebuilding in Ezra as you get in Nehemiah. This week Just to begin, I'd like to focus on two simple verses from Ezra and just draw some truths out of those about what it means to be a rebuilder. First, Ezra chapter one, verse five says this. Then God stirred the hearts of the priests and the Levites and the leaders of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin to go to Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple of the Lord. Now notice that phrase, God stirred the hearts. What does that feel like? When God stirs your heart, what does it feel like? It's this this inner motivation to do something that is good and godly. Whenever you have an inner motivation to do something good and godly, it's almost always God stirring your heart. And so you chase after what God wants to do in your life. You might write this down. Rebuilding happens when God stirs someone's heart. Rebuilding happens when God Stir someone's heart. So that's why the heart needs to be stirred. You're in this group. You're, you're watching this right now. You picked up this book because God has stirred your heart. So you're considering what it means to rebuild. One of the questions in the group guide that you're going to be looking at together this week is the simple question, what is it that you want to put together again? Well, even as you answer that question, you're going to be taking a look at Where has God stirred your heart? Where has God spoken to your heart about the possibility of rebuilding in your life? It starts with God stirring your heart. And then the other verse I want to take a little bit longer look at is Ezra chapter three, verse three. That verse says this. Even though the people were afraid of the local residents, they rebuilt the altar at its old site. Then they began to sacrifice burnt offerings on the altar to the Lord each morning and evening. Notice, even though they were afraid, they rebuilt the altar. You might write this down. It's often less frightening to stay where we are than to face the fear of change. And if you're gonna rebuild, you have to change something. That means something's gonna change. You rebuild from a disaster even, you're, you're changing, you're putting it into place again. But especially if you're rebuilding in a relationship, things have to change, and that is frightening. It's often less frightening to stay where we are than to face the fear of change. So I wanna honor you. I honor you for picking up this book, for watching this video, for being in this group, for even thinking about changing. You're facing the fear of change even from the very beginning. They faced the fear, but the only way to face your fears is with faith by knowing that God's gonna be with you, knowing that you're not alone. You have to have something that's greater than your fears, and God is greater than your fears. I want you to notice something else in this verse. It also says they rebuilt the altar before they rebuilt the temple and began to make sacrifices on it. Well, the the altar was what the temple was all about. It housed an altar where they made sacrifices for the sins of the people. If you've studied the Bible, you know that those sacrifices look forward to the sacrifice that Jesus was someday gonna make for us. So the purpose of the temple was to house the altar to make the sacrifices. So before they even built the temple, they built the altar. They began with the purpose for which the temple was gonna be built. They built the altar before they built the temple. And they also built the temple, we find out, before they rebuild the walls. When you think about what needs to be rebuilt in your life, you gotta think about what, is, what needs to go first? What's the purpose of what God wants to do? When you think about what God wants to do first and not what you want to get done first, then often you get things in the right priority. I often find when I want to rebuild something, I want to get it done fast. And so I rebuild what's easiest sometimes, not what's most purposeful, not what is most important. But when you start to listen to God about rebuilding, He's going to motivate you to rebuild in ways that you might not have otherwise. Rebuild in ways they are gonna last. They're gonna have purpose. Not what's fastest, but what is most important. Not what makes me feel the best emotively, but what brings His purpose back the most powerfully. Now, when you take a look at how God wants to rebuild in your life, we've been reading this week, if you read in the chapter, about how to mourn, how to fast, how to pray. All of those are about getting in connection with God. If you're gonna rebuild, it starts with this connection of God. If your heart's going to be stirred, it's going to come by connecting with God. And that often comes through mourning and fasting and praying. This is why it's so important to mourn and fast and pray. It puts you in a place where God's able to stir your heart. It gets you to a place where you're able to face your fears. It puts you in a place of worship where you're able to put what God wants first and not what you want first. That all comes out of worship. So as you think about taking some time to mourn and fast and pray, I know to some of you, your personality is, no, I gotta dig right in. I gotta start rebuilding right now. But if you don't take time to listen to Him first, you're gonna head off in a direction where you might get the project started, but it's never gonna get finished. So take that time to connect with Him first. And as you do that, you're gonna see some powerful things happen in your life. Now, before we end, I wanna say a word to those of you that I know are hurting. Because I know when we talk about rebuilding, there's hurt. You may have had the loss of some thing, some building has been lost, a home has been lost. You may have had the some loss of, of a business, or it might be the loss of, of a disappointment, something that's been lost in your life that you had hoped would happen, a dream. Maybe the loss in a relationship. There's pain in that. And I, I just wanna let you know that God understands that. God cares about the hurt that you're going through. When God motivates and directs and empowers us to rebuild. It's not out of a heart of just saying, hey, I can do this and everything's gonna be fine. No, it's out of a heart that God is hurting with you and for you. And God wants to bring His purpose back into your life. I I wanna remind you, if you're hurting right now, of a verse that you may have heard from the Old Testament. Psalm 30 verse five says, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. The end of the story of your life has not yet been written. And the joy of heaven is coming. There's no doubt about that for all of us, but there are also joys that God has for your life on this earth. He has a purpose for your life. There's no loss, there's no mourning, there's no pain that can take away His purpose for your life. So you lean on that right now. And my prayer is that God will use you as a group together with each other to share the hurts in your lives in order that you can encourage each other in ways that you can begin to experience God's great strength for your lives, God's hope for your lives. So that's what I want to pray for as you start this time together. Would you let me pray for you? Lord, I pray for this group. It is my prayer that as they talk together about what we learned from Nehemiah, what we learned here from the book of Ezra, from other people in the Bible, that God, you would bring hope into our hearts. you give us the strength to rebuild. you give us the strength to see things happen that can only happen by your hand. I ask for miracles to happen in this group beginning with the miracle of your presence, the miracle of knowing that you're with us through everything, and then out of that, bring every other miracle, all that you want to do, so you can show the world what you're like. We begin in this place, God, of quietness before you, asking you to stir our hearts. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Well, enjoy talking the next few minutes in your group. I always encourage groups, don't feel like you have to get to every question that's on the list there, if you get one, question that gets you talking, that's more than enough. So if somebody feels like, no, we gotta get to every question, tell them, no, 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 not every question, just one question that gets us talking about, what can God do in our lives? That gets us encouraging each other about what can God do in our lives? Enjoy your group time together.